What's up, Georgia Bulldog fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 130 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. Yep, this is the first time in two months that we're all three together in person. And since we've only been averaging one podcast episode per month since the end of the college football season, this episode is long and unique. Long because we have so many topics to discuss. We hit on the UGA basketball coaching search, provide our thoughts on Mark Fox's nine-year run, make our final four picks, discuss the 2018 college football season, read podcast reviews, and discuss one of the strangest new baseball rules we've ever heard of. I guess that's the unique part. Anyway, thanks for tuning us in. That's it for the intro. Let's go ahead and get started. Here is Will to kick us off. Yeah, I miss everyone. First of all, let me just say yeah. I miss everyone. I missed the last show. I enjoyed listening to the last one. I'm sorry I missed you guys. The last time we were all together was the January 23rd recording. Yeah, yeah. Right after the... The Have We Made Our Peace Yet recording. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Where do we go from here? I think that's what I titled it. And, but, uh, so yeah, so I'm glad to be back. I literally just uh, got, flew back from Florida today. I was in Jupiter with uh, Tiger with my Eli. wife and uh, and kids and her father her father my father in law. Cool. Uh, I have you know uh, for all the talk that I have uh, said in this podcast, I was in fact at a Trump uh, property. So mm-hmm. not not Mar-a-Lago, but uh, one of the Trump properties. Uh, though one of the Trump properties that is that was about to transition away from the Trump name during the election because it was hurting them. And then he won, so then they're now they're kind of like half the place says Trump yeah. and half the place doesn't say Trump. So, uh, it, was so very, it, was a, it, was, it was the best you'd ever been, like fantastic. Yeah, I, mean, I have to say it was very lovely. <laughs> it was very lovely, and we were, and uh, and I, once I got past the uh, the uh, my initial aversion, just to, just the whole idea, like Eric Trump was having dinner there one night, uh, and and like to me, that's why I had a debate with my friend Grierson about this last thing I promised because uh, he like it. You think guys, I'm strident, like. Pearson is very strident, mm-hmm. and he was. And I was just like, oh, Eric Trump. He seems genuinely pretty harmless to me. Like, sure. he seems like almost too much of a failure to get mad at. Oh, okay. You can't, yeah, say, yeah. You can't say anything nice about him. Yeah, I'm not saying anything nice about him. I'm just saying that for me, Eric Trump is just like, like if you have, you don't get angry, so don't get mad at, mad at Donald or Ivanka or even Don Jr. But Eric, like, you definitely can't get mad at Tiffany, and you definitely can't get mad at Barry. No. See that singer from poor, the 80s. No, poor Tiffany, the one that nobody realizes Donald's daughter. Marlo, Marlo Maples' daughter. Yeah, poor Tiffany. Mar- Marlo Maples? Mar- Marlo, yeah. Marlo Maples. Marlo. Poor Tiffany. Poor, poor Tiffany. Well, no one even remembers her. We spent way too much yeah. time on Just Trump, leave though. Tiffany and Barron alone. I'll like, give that. Yeah. And Eric is... You know, it, funny fact, Barron Trump is exactly Jack's age. Oh, like to the day? Really? To the day or oh, almost the hour. Well, I'm done. Yeah, because yeah. I remember the day after Jack was born, you know, you look at whatever we looked at back then, phone, maybe on a desktop computer. And I saw that Donald Trump had a son. Jack, Jack looks happy. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, but anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be back. So what else have you been doing that. besides traveling so I've been very busy. Yeah. Talk, talk about your SI show that I kind of yeah, mentioned. So I'm doing – I saw the, this, the show that made me miss a couple of the shows because it's actually launched now. It's, it's putting you on the map. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's putting me on. Yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> uh, it's called – it's actually called The Will Leach Show. Hold on. Are you um, recording this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's actually called The Will Leach Show, um, <laughs> which was – I actually did kind of mean to be an ironic title because <laughs> it's like kind of a fake talk show, right? Like yeah. when I mentioned when I when the show begins, there's like the like oh the, like the opening montage is hilarious. Yeah, well, yeah, because basically what we did was we wanted to do like a mockery of the of the of the kind of the talk show while still doing show, yeah. kind of doing a talk show, and so the opening montages because you know every time you ever watch like 
Jimmy Fallon or like it's always someone saying it like the host is like standing in front of yeah. some major mob Times Square. Uh, yeah Times Square like or he's, yeah. yeah and so, exactly so I thought it would be funny because what, what I always find whenever I go to a major uh, tourist attraction is just everyone's just staring at the phones so I thought it would be funny to have my opening thing just me staring at the phone in front of all sorts of things good. but you're it, like the Port Authority parking lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on like a little kids ride in the middle yeah. of the and you'll probably film that within 10 minutes oh we did like in like yeah awesome it's like 10 minutes so and like and like the when you open the show there's applause it's just literally from the people operating the cameras. Well, like, it's, funny. Studio, no, it's, it's funny you should say that because I noticed that the very first one because we on the show where Scott and I did, we talked about you were in the Georgia yeah, yeah. then. Because that was – for the record, the first episode with Terry Lipinski right. was literally taped at the 10 o'clock in the morning after that game, after me making a 6 a.m. flight so and well, filing my story and all that. That's well, amazing. Well, that. it, Chris and I had watched it and it was – when she heard – first thing she said when she heard the applause was like, there's a studio on it, so we have to go. I'm like – yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just the camera guys. <laughs> it, was, it is just the camera guys. Uh, it is just the camera guys. And second off, the last thing Will wants is us there. Yeah. I, if there's ever Unless a studio audience, if there ever is a studio audience, I will definitely want you guys there. Okay, but I, I wouldn't hold your breath for that one. <laughs> um, but it's fun. You know, it's a fun thing. Uh, I'm not hating They What they're doing is – because Sports Illustrated um, is basically – they have – Part of the pivot to video idea. It's a. It's a That's smart. It's, it's. I mean, it's certainly. Uh, it's a much debated uh, strategy within the media world on both sides, and so they have a whole big studio. And I, you know, I did that pro football now for them. Remember that show last year? They were happy with my work. I wasn't really interested in going out there every week. As remember, that was a lot, and just it was too much. I was missing this. I was missing everything else, and so I saw go ahead. I want to two weeks. Let's see what we can do in that time. So we decided we'll just do a fake talk show. So we've had. Uh, uh, we've had Tara Lipinski, we've had Sklar Brothers, we had Chris Hayes from MSNBC, uh, we had uh, uh, Drew Powell, if you watch the show Gotham. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I think Chris Hayes and Drew Powell are my favorite two guests we've had so far. Um, if you watch the show Gotham, he is uh, uh, Solomon Grundy on that show, or he was Butch before that, if you watch that show. Uh, he's from Indiana, so we had much, uh, much to discuss. And then we had Godfrey, the comedian Godfrey. Uh, that one goes up uh, this week. And uh, I believe we don't have the 100% nailed down, but a little, uh, we're doing two shows on Monday. One, we're getting someone from the curling team. Oh, wow. Cool. The winning. Get the guy with the mustache. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we're going to take... I, I imagine the way that... Um, when The Departed came out, yes. uh, Anthony Anderson was available for a yes. whole bunch of shows, but Jack Nicholson was not. I suspect we're going to get the lowest tier guy, uh, but that's okay. That's fine. I'm the assistant brewmaster. And I'm unconfirmed, but it looks like the other guy is going to be Biz Marquis. Which oh, would be really, 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 really? Fun. Yeah, I have, I have to figure Did out Did you watch him on Yo Gabba Gabba back in the day? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I, now <laughs> I have to watch amazing. him. Okay, now I absolutely have. I've been, I'd say something. He would do, do, he was do, you know, because that was back 07, 08. Uh, you, you ever heard of Gabba Gabba Gabba? Yeah, Gabba. Course, it was like that trippy, like retro. Uh, like every show. cool comedian was on yes. that. Yes, yeah. and he would always do a Beats with Biz part and like teach the kids to do beats. Like oh, he does. okay. I awesome. absolutely yeah. will watch that. Thank you, you for need to ask about that. About that yeah, too. I would like to do that. Um, so it's just a fun show. Uh, the They've made a switch because there's, a, there's an app. Uh, Sports Illustrated Video is starting an app in a couple of weeks. Right for a long time, the only way to get the show was actually to subscribe through sports, the or Sports Illustrated app on mm-hmm. Amazon. Because mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated, the way they really get people to, well, the same way Sports Illustrated gets anyone to read them or do anything anymore, their two most popular things they have are they bought the right to a bunch of sports movies. Like, for example, if you went to stream Bull Durham, you have to do it for through Sports Illustrated. Like really? You cannot, like you can rent it through <clears throat> iTunes, but if you want to stream it, 
you like they have Bull Durham, <laughs> Cutting Edge, like all those like old sports movies. Sports they have Ice Castle. So by the way, I, probably my <laughs> topic. Um, so one of the things that's Cutting Edge. That's so right. one of the okay. one of the things just it came up with a good idea, like a summer doldrums. I wouldn't mind a sports movie. Just one, just one. Yeah, so, uh, just like a sports movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I think we all can agree we like sports movies, right? And that Remember the Titans is the best. Um, I was going to go with Slugger. I think it has the best, uh, the best Cash. extras. Uh, the best by the way, it does. Since since I know several extras, yes. yes. <laughs> we'll um, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, so basically that. I don't, I don't want to stomp on your other kind of like your other thing. Oh no, I, but please, I, I love it. I would, love, I would think it would be cool to do because one of my it's funny is because I write about movies and because I write about sports. People always like what's your favorite sports movie? And my dirty secret is I actually don't love sports movies okay. for the same reason I don't love traditional narratives because yeah. most sports movies are the thing that I don't like about yeah. movies, which is here's the cliches of the obvious thing. No one done really well. I think it can still be Sports enjoyable. documentaries, on the other Sports hand. Sports documentaries, yeah. are, I think, are, are wonderful, wonderful. I think that should be on the board. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, don't, I don't want to get you in your discomfort zone. No, no, no. no. I think it would just oh, be no, no, I love talking about sports movies. And I think we're gonna, so anyway, so Sports Illustrated has this channel, but the two most popular things, as you might suspect, are sports movies that they have the rights to and anything swimsuit related. I love the swimsuit related is the biggest thing. I've heard of that. I, I always love that like Sports Illustrated is like now Sports Illustrated is part of now you know the, the Me Too uh, media everything and once again they have to all close their ears and be like this is the thing that actually makes all of our money uh, yes. so we have to be very careful. No, 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 no. We, we completely yeah. are very, very, yeah, we're very, very pro women's minds we for everything and so for that one week a year where they're like don't look over. Don't look over here. You know, but, but historically speaking, I'm surprised that's. You think it'd be kind of grandfathered in? Is that the right? I think it is grandfathered. I think it just well, makes them so much money. I, I think I, they have to do it. I, well, I, part of it too is they have done an okay job at doing or trying to make it more about empowering women in their bodies. It feels dirty for us talking. Yeah, about I'll, I'll put it no, this way: I, I, as someone that is paid by Sports Illustrated, I will tread carefully. I will say, my I tend to prefer the ESPN body issue. I feel right. like that is actually right. much yeah. more uh, way. And they, they've skewed that way. Yeah, I think they're trying to skew that way. Yeah. But anyway, regardless, I'm not going to rip on the place unless we do the show. Uh, so the point is, the best way to uh, to get the show for a while, you could actually watch it online, even if you did not have the subscription. Yeah. Now they have put it behind the paywall. They've actually put it behind the paywall, starting with the Chris Hayes piece. Uh, show because everyone was so happy with it and it went really well. So uh, it caught, well, if you want to watch them all and then decide whether you want uh, for free, uh, you can go to Amazon. Go to Amazon. Just search for Sports Illustrated, and you will see the Will Lee show there. You can get uh, for like I think it's two dollars and fifty cents <coughs> a month, but you have seven days to cancel. Yeah. So if you want, but it's a good investment. You get to see Will. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm saying you can cancel with it. You can, the shows are all like twenty minutes, so you so can, you can like, binge watch, watch and then cancel binge watch for them free. and then cancel them for free. I would encourage you to continue to watch them all. However, if you are wary of doing so, you can do that and watch them all. I think that's a write-off for us. Yeah, I think we should oh, do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. I encourage you to. Also, there is one review. Uh, on, that we talk about reviews in the show a lot of time. There is one review of the Will Lee Show on Amazon. Is it as thoughtful as some of our reviews? Uh, well, it's written by um, a guy named Bob who is absolutely not Will Leach. Okay. And, um, and it's made very clear. I think that's actually his title. Uh, my name is Bob, and it is absolutely not Will Leach. And uh, the review, I think, says something like, this is a really great show. Everyone involved with it is awesome, and my name is Bob. Uh, I want to make it absolutely Will clear Leach. that I am not Will Leach. Did this so, come from Kevin Love's Twitter account? I don't, I don't know. I don't know who, who did it, but I just know it was absolutely not Will Leach. So um, anyway, so yeah, so it's, I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's a silly thing. 
I, I, there is no way in the history of the world I'm ever going to have the opportunity to have a show called The Will Lead Show again. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of like have fun with it while I had it's it. It's taken. So. Absolutely. But, but particularly during football season, uh, I think uh, if this is still, if it's still going during football season, uh, and we are doing – we basically go once every two weeks and just film two of them yeah. so I don't have to – so we have the illusion of a weekly show but yeah. don't actually have a weekly show. I don't know if you know this and I'm sure you do. Well, that's actually how TV shows work. They don't work. Or a show every week. <laughs> I know. My favorite thing was Letterman. Letterman would do like a Friday show, uh-huh. like th- four weeks ahead of time. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was so fun to watch a guy do a monologue uh-huh. that did what had absolutely no connection to the news of the day at all. He'd be like, so George Bush was president once. <laughs> I would like make jokes in those, like always, always kind of amusing. So, so yeah, so I encourage everyone to watch it. Uh, that's what I've been working on. And I, of course, I write for MLB full time now. Yep. Uh, the last show I was actually here in person for, I knew that sports on our stuff was about to happen, so I didn't want to say anything. So I knew it, I knew it was down the pike, but I was very happy with the way they let me close sports on Earth. I was very honored to have the opportunity, and uh, now I'm writing for MLB full time. Well, and I don't want to. Um, you you were not one to brag about this. Um, you had a fantastic piece uh, that was the cover article uh, for the New York Magazine. For New York Magazine. New York Magazine, yes. which was – it was incredible. I read it when you posted it to Facebook mm-hmm. actually or wherever you posted it on – I had no idea it was going to be the cover. On band. I didn't know it was a good It was cover. really well done. I thought it was – Was it was the boys? It was the yeah. boys. Raising About raising boys. boys. Raising yeah. boys. Yeah. I, I read that because I have two I boys. Have, yeah, I have a boy. I, I hope it found it was a structure. It was – it was, it was, it there, no there, there are no answers. There are no answers. No, it's it just – it, it asks right. ask questions. It is – but it's, it's written in the quintessential will each voice. Uh, it's the it's the perfectly – it's the perfect blend of – I don't have the answers here. I want to do the right thing. And frankly, all I want to do is, is let's talk about what the right thing is and try to do the best we can. So in the right direction. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think most people reacted that way. Every once in a while, like every like 20 minutes, someone will go on and call me a cuck or something. Well, <laughs> but that's I okay. mean, you are. <laughs> yeah, but, that's okay. Um, but uh, I think it's great. I was very honored to have that, uh, that opportunity. We, so we worked on that piece for so long that it was a, the original uh, assignment was Raising Boys in the Age of Hillary. <laughs> like, which is that is how long? Which is amazing for me because you know that's how long we worked on the story. I mean, I, I my the vast majority of my writing is, has been blog work, right? Which you, which is really just stream of consciousness. You write in twenty minutes, and you you might check for grammar. Please don't go look at the George Sports blog. But you know the the few times I have written for for magazines, they are literally things I've done in a week. Yeah, and usually mine are like that, to be right? Fair. Like well, usually most of my pieces. It's, it's really impressive to me to watch a professional in their in their habitat do really well. It was it was it was very well done. Oh, thank you, thank you. Okay, let's 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 talk about Georgia stuff. Well, I'm just gonna let Tony. <laughs> oh well, you know it's been it's been um, it's actually been a long. Uh, we're now halfway through spring semester, and I'm. Does not work at UGA. I, I have a tendency to think of my life in terms of the semesters. Um, I did have a great opportunity in the past uh, week. I went to the Atlanta United home match. Oh, uh, did you? You went yeah, to the, 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 the match in Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was part of the fourth so biggest soccer yeah. crowd. Yeah, fourth biggest soccer crowd in the world this past week. That's amazing. Uh, it right really behind, is amazing. Right, yeah, right behind. Uh, like a Germany. Dortmund, yeah, Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, Man U, Liverpool. And I mean, it's unreal. It was, it was it's crazy. It was, it was a fantastic atmosphere. I've been to a few games there, but I've never been to one where they had the upper deck open. Yeah, well, I was, I was really jazzed yeah. when, when Matthew asked me to go. So, um, And then I had the chance to go to Savannah. And the only reason I said that is I have to give a shout out to a couple of, of very dedicated listeners. Um, uh, Edgar Smith and, and Colin McRae, who were gracious enough, they're they, you know, they're graduates, and and that was part of my work. But they were gracious enough to take me to lunch at Mrs. Wilkes, which was fun. And they had a, a friend of theirs. Uh, they said, "Hey, so Birmingham Joe's coming." 
I was like, oh, okay, cool. I have no idea who Birmingham Joe is. I'm a spectator guy from Alabama. I come around the corner, and this tall guy is wearing an SEC champions hat. He's British. He's from Birmingham. He's from the other Birmingham. Uh, So his story is he spent part of his uh, time training to be a barrister in Savannah. Got to be friends with some of these guys. Barrister. What's that? It's a British lawyer. It's It's one of the two types of – you have barristers and I thought he was saying like training at Starbucks or something. No. Uh, but he, he got to be a, a Georgia fan because of them. He actually watched the national championship game because it kicked off at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. He recorded it, turned his phone off, took the morning off from work, literally got up at 7 o'clock and watched it straight through. Yeah, he must have had a productive work day. Uh, <laughs> not like yours. Yeah, uh, yeah, not like mine the next yeah, day. Yeah, not like um, but, you know, I mean, he was, he, he was just like generally gobsmacked it that I had been at the Rose Bowl, for example. He was just like, what to hear all about it? And um, so I told him about the Aussies sitting behind me, and I played the played the interview with them because I still had it on my phone, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was a lot of fun meeting this guy. And I just wanted to, wanted to say thanks to Colin and Edgar for for, for taking care of me that way. Um, other than that, it's been uh, an eventful time, and some of what we'll get to talk about in a little bit. I've been to a bunch of basketball games, and it's been an interesting sports spring. Yeah, uh, George Women's not quite back to where we thought they would be. It looks like baseball is. Uh, a little bit. I think we're. Mm-hmm. I think we're finally third starter away from being a borderline tournament team, which is far better than we've been. That's a big step. Um, softball has won twenty one in a row. Like twenty one in a row. They ranked eleven. Um, I encourage any time you ever get a chance to go to a softball game. It's a lot. It's of fun. really fun. It's free. It's you can like walk around. It's yeah. really a good time. Um, so uh, women's uh, the women's swimming and diving team. Uh, is coming pretty close to, uh, to to win a national championship. The Georgia women's track team won the indoor nationals this year. Uh, I think that was the first time ever. So it's been a fun, interesting sports spring. I apologize. We haven't really had a chance to talk about this, but we've had stuff going on, and, and we make no apologies about being uh, taking some time to you know see our kids or whomever, <laughs> whoever it is we live with. Uh, the little, oh, the little you finished your basement too. The little terrace. Yeah, you finished your basement. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I love happen. my kids. Then. Yeah, we did finish the basement. I mean, for crying out loud, the Chapel Bell Covers literally done one show yeah. since the game. Yeah. Well, there's been no stats. So, <laughs> um, yeah, finished the basement, uh, and and but that's 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 coming. And then Scott, you've been really busy. Oh, and then little like baseball and softball started. Yeah, yeah. that's making this all. <laughs> oh, yeah. and my daughter, my daughter of all things, turned. Teenager. I have a teenager now. Holy cow. She is running track. Oh, Not field, although she's doing a field event. She's doing the triple jump. But she also runs the 400 and the 100. Oh, my God. daughter. Wow. Think about that. The That's 400. Amazing. She runs the 400. Uh, and and by the way, the first meet was at North Dakota a couple uh, last week, I guess. And um, I have to say, she was leading going into the third turn. She was not coming off the fourth turn because she did run out of gas. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was, she's... She's pretty fast for a waller. <laughs> for a waller. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm I'm sneaky fast. I just yeah. get a minute to get going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see. I think you've got uh, you've got a surprising agility. I have. I am sneaky. I am, yes. People are surprised. Also, are you faster than Orlando Brown from Oklahoma running the forty at the combine? Ooh, I don't know. You ran a six. Uh, I don't. I couldn't run a six anymore. But I'm. I'll be fifty in June. I think. So. I think he. Rich Eisen beat. Orlando Brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which pretty quick. Which Rising, like, it's been fun to watch him ever since. I think that race has made him lose weight every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, he, he did it in five, nine, seven. Yeah, I don't know why I watched it. In, like, a suit. Like, yeah. Like, look, look, it might take me six seconds to do a 40, but if you do 20 to 50, I can do it in four. There you go. So get, started. So, get started. Yeah, I can get going. Yeah. 
So, Scott, I see your work all over the place, man. You're yeah, I've been, uh, been killing it. The Winterville thing was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You got to uh, tell you if you ever get a chance to go to Winterville. It's <laughs> the train depot. That's where the mayor resides, and he is a published musician. Has like 10 CDs out, Dodd Farrell. And uh, one of the most talented and, uh, I guess, not only like genuine men, but you kind of, after I left my interview with him, I was like, why can't all politicians be like him? You know, just down to earth and easy to get along with and super talented. And um, the favorite, most favorite thing I've done recently is um, I did a three-part video series for Downtown Academy, which is a, a school that's based in downtown Athens, a smaller school, a nonprofit, and we were trying to we went to the banquet uh, for the Downtown Academy Ministries, and I put together a football hype video that was filmed over at Clark Central High School. Man, you should see some of the blocks that I got in slow motion. Um, mm-hmm. They all three, the, the midgets, the peewees, and the juniors, all three won the championship that day. Um, it was kind of funny because I was like, well, do you want to make sure you, you want me to come and record earlier in the season in case I get knocked out? And they just kind of looked at me deadpan and they said, We'll win the championship. Which I kind of like the yeah. bravado on that. And they awesome. did. They won all three games. But um, yeah, that was a that was a real fun thing that I just finished up and got a couple other things in the works. But uh, it's good to be back with um, waiting since last Saturday. I've enjoyed uh, catching up with everybody on Twitter. Even today, um, I did make the mistake of uh, <laughs> going and scheduling a tooth extraction mm-hmm. um, today. I literally had a tooth that has been in my body since I was what twelve years old. 13 years old, pulled out of my body. And this is like an emergency, right? This was not yeah, scheduled? Yeah, I mean, well, it was scheduled as of Monday, right, and I realized right. that it needed to go. But um, I just want to give a shout-out to my dentist, uh, David Allen, who is a Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast listener. Um, he's over in Watkinsville, and if you ever are looking for a, a very qualified dentist uh, in Athens, I would definitely go recommend seeing him because he literally took this tooth out, and I didn't feel any pain. And the only pain I felt uh, started about... 45 minutes ago. But, awesome. uh, I well, that's it. why you have Oxycontin. <laughs> Ibuprofen. I don't have Yeah, he's, 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 he's going full. Yeah. He's just biting the bullet. I am. I don't yeah. like uh, that. Listen, listen, man. Steve McQueen, did, well, he did take plenty. I think, the, I think that, uh, not, again, not to get too much into this, but I think we've all seen with perhaps the over-medication uh, for pain of how that can... Uh, I yeah. think that's always, unless you absolutely have to, I think it's always Well, I used to sell pain drugs yes, in you my know days this, of pharmaceuticals, you know and I want no part of them. So, you know this um, so anyway, but yeah, let's. how do we segue from all of that? Speaking of pain. Oh, See, there we go. Okay, so okay, so the big news, the big, okay, first off, let's do, let's, let, listen, we are still, as much as I will love to talk about basketball, this is still football. Still okay, you want to start there? Let's get football stuff out of the way, okay. uh, just uh, and because A, you never know when people are going to listen to the podcast. Maybe listen to something has changed tomorrow morning. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Let's let's, let's no make pressure. Yeah, Scott's been like crying. You can't see him, but like he's in such pain right now. We're not going to make him it's go. It's Monday. He's gone all week. Yeah. So we're going to win. So we'll get to the basketball stuff in a moment. But football wise, Tony, what's been going on? Has anything been happening? Um, you know, it's actually been relatively quiet. I mean, the big news coming out is some some of some of the chatter about the class of nineteen. Um, you know, in that in spring practice starts what next week, Scott? I think that's right. Yeah, the twentieth. Uh, first day of spring. So, um, and of course, ESPN is broadcasting the spring right. game, and there's another push for ninety three thousand on um, a four o'clock kickoff, which is a great time for uh, you know it's a, it's a it's a perfect time for a spring game because you get all afternoon to to tailgate literally. And uh, I do like the fact that it's, it's a step forward too because Alabama has. Yep. This is it was on ESPN News I think a few years ago. And right. It's on, it's on the mothership. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was on the Ocho at one time. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's I mean, the biggest news out of football right now is that uh, uh, is that the recruits in. I've, I've, I've seen where Netrus Patrick is back with the team. That's good. Uh, that, that hopefully he has gotten whatever issues that he had going on. He's gotten some of those straightened out. Um, you know, in, in per, to be perfectly honest, it's spring break at UJ right now. Let's get through the next week with no news, and I'll be very happy. Well, the the thing that impressed me most was the seven or eight seniors that were at the combine and how they just showed out. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. watching that. Lorenzo Carter and Roquan Smith both ran faster forties than Sonia Nick. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't pay attention. And all you heard was Saquon Barkley, but then you're like, well. Nick Chubb did the same amount of reps yeah. with the bench press, yeah. but you know that's your thing. Because um, it looks like now, uh, I think in most of the mock drafts, Roquan's still comfortably easily in the first it round. It seems like yes. he's penciled into the Raiders every yeah, time. And I look. I think the only thing I ever see, I see, I've seen him fall to the Cowboys, and when they say that, like the Cowboys would not be able to believe their luck if they were to give yeah. Roquan Smith at this point. And then I've, in almost every draft I've seen that goes down in the further, uh, further rounds has both Sony. And Chubb in the second round. Yeah, I've seen Chubb go to the Jets quite a few times. I oh, really. Um, so uh, I think, uh, of course, the, way the draft now. Maybe we'll do one before the draft or not. But then, of course, the first round is on Thursday night, and the second and third rounds are on Friday, and then Saturday is for the old, old, only for the diehards. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> I think that uh, if you want, I think those guys are all going to be taken by. Time to get to Saturday. What, yeah. What about so. the rumblings you heard last week about trading Freeman and drafting Sony? I mean, I don't know if you read that, but I for the Falcons. Um, I'm kind of against I mean, the Falcons. That. The Falcons draft. I, I think Freeman Freeman's relatively in late right in now. The second, they, they, well, they, they were thinking they, have to trade trade, no. they were thinking they were thinking to trade Freeman, try to get Sony, but then <laughs> I also saw it penciled in as maybe getting win in the at the end of the first round. I, because they, frankly, do I need think they need some offensive more. line. I think they yeah. need to win more. I mean, I'd love to see Sony play for Georgia, right? I mean, for Atlanta. But if I say win falls to the end of the second round, you should pick him. Right? Because look, left tackles are more valuable than than running backs generally. I, I'm having a hard time talking about the NFL. It's been a bad couple of days for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I saw <laughs> the Honey Badger go. The Honey Badger oh, go. Really? They just signed Sam Bradford for twenty million. Oh, that guy's stealing money for I eight years. I wish I could be a backup quarterback in the NFL. He's made like hundred and forty million dollars in the Chase nothing. Daniels just got another twenty million dollars. Chase Daniels did? Chase Daniels. Yes. Yeah. Missouri former yeah, Missouri, Missouri, Missouri Chase Daniels. Oh, he got twenty million, but he got a lot. And, and he's backing up he's yeah. backing up NFL quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is that you had uh, Bridgewater and Case Keenum both leave the Vikings because they're bringing in uh, literally they lost cousins. all the they lost, yeah, they lost all the they lost all the quarterbacks. Yeah, they took yeah. all gone, including uh, including new Cardinals quarterbacks. <sighs> Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so but, he's not. He surely he's not starting. No, yeah, he, they expect. Like, I think what they're going to do is they have. They also brought in Mike Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> To be his backup, and then wow. the theory is they're still going to draft somebody. I think the idea is. I think basically well, okay. the, the bind that they're in. Is Where do they draft? Probably Josh Allen. Uh, they're they're mid. They have to go up to get one of those first four. I think. Uh, but who are the first four? Uh, Bradford. I'm talking Bradford. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the other Oklahoma guy. Yeah, uh, uh, the guy that, you know, we played in the Rose Bowl. Baker what was his Mayfield. Name? Baker Mayfield. Uh, oh, Josh Jackson, Rosen, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Josh Allen. And, uh, no, Lamar Jackson's a receiver. That's uh, what I hear. Yeah, Lamar Jackson so probably fifth. God, it's so dumb. Yeah, it's Josh Allen, Darnold, um, Rosen, and uh, Mayfield. Mayfield. Lamar Jackson's going to be an NFL quarterback before yeah, Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, no question. And. But anyway, so I think guys are going to draft someone. The problem, the bind that they're in, because this is an Arizona Cardinals podcast all of a sudden, is that Larry Fitzgerald is coming back 
Yeah. And so they don't want to give him a rookie quarterback in what's almost certainly going to be his final year. Right. So they give, last second yeah, and they want to give him one more <laughs> chance. And what's going to happen is Bradford's going to get hurt like he always does. Right. And they'll be able to give it over to either Glennon or the rookie quarterback. I, I just want to make like a little marker in this to look forward to. And don't let me forget at the end of this podcast, when we read a, a new review and do kind of the silly stuff, I want to go over this whole thing that Adam Rittenberg, there's the byline, VSPN.com yeah. uh, wrote uh, titled who wins the 64 team college football bracket for 2018. <laughs> he did that. It is very interesting. It's UCF, so isn't we'll it? go through it. it. We'll go through okay, it. Well, I mean, whether it is or it isn't, it's UCF. So stay tuned. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast for that. Okay. Let's talk some basketball. Um, I'll, 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 this is Wednesday night. You might Wednesday want to check night. Twitter, see if anything's yeah. Yeah. happened. So okay. here is where things currently stand. Mm-hmm. And then we, and Tadmata came – Tadmata from Ohio State, I can say, is a Big Ten guy. Tadmata is a terrific coach. He is from Butler. Uh, <laughs> he's from Hoopston. He's, he's from, from Illinois. He's literally from like – Is a, he from Hoopston for real? He's from like an hour from my house. For really? Yeah. Like he's like full-on Central Illinois. Like full-on <laughs> the, board of elect- Central the, the board of elections guys. did Solomon not want County two Illinois, Illinois uh, <laughs> Southern Illinois people in the so, same city. So he would have been a coup. I don't think there's any question about that. He has been to uh, – we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> But uh, there are obviously things against him. But just pure coaching, what he's done, what he's been able to accomplish, is a guy that's gone not only to multiple Final Fours, multiple national championship games. Yeah. Recruited Greg Oden. Like, recruited Greg Oden, who now we've all forgotten. Like, Greg Oden, he got hurt, but he was, like, there was a reason he was drafted above Kevin Durant. So, like, Greg Oden was the incredible talent that everybody desperately wanted. And he got him. He is renowned for running a very clean program, which would have met George's thing. He's younger than you think. He looks old. He's 50. But he's 50. Like, he's younger than you think he is. He's been able to stick around for a while. He's not exactly – he's not someone like some of the people we may be discussing for the job who is clearly seeing this as a way back in as a stepping stone to another job. It right. made a lot of sense. And the news – sorry, go ahead. Well, I was trying to say, no, yeah, my – the – Let's try the Thadmata, Thadmata coming here, he would have come here with the intention of having his name put on the floor. Yes, that's exactly right. And he would have had it. And I think that that's exactly right. And but as we saw, he was offered the job and turned it down, said specifically in his, to Jeff Goodman uh, that he and I want to get the yeah. I want to get the exact I, I phrasing right because he's he very, very careful about what he said. So I'm going to bring it up. So forgive me. Give me just a second, Jeff Goodman. But he came down here twice. He came down once by himself and once with his wife. Yes, yes. Maybe he just realized that 5 and 10 is getting a little bit too expensive for actually what it's... uh, Okay, here's the actual thing. Here's the quote from that model. I like 5 and 10, but it is getting a little... Like $50 for a steak. You're not not a steakhouse. Uh, Quote, it was the most difficult decision because Georgia is a tremendous opportunity for a coach to build a great program. Unfortunately, I don't feel that I am completely ready at this point to give Greg McGarity and Georgia what they deserve. Now, that statement has been parsed a ton, and the, the key parts of the statement, uh, the key parts of that statement, there's a few things that people are focusing on. Uh, one is the first half of the statement, which is he thinks it's a great opportunity to build a program, aka. That, that's for the record. I know we all talk about how basketball is not that big of a deal here. I think a lot of people feel that way. That this is actually a pretty good place to be able to play, uh, to be able to go, not Duke, not something amazing, but a good place to build something, particularly with what's happening in the SEC now, where a lot, like, if, if Ben Howland 
who we went to went yeah. to a, a championship, is coaching in Mississippi freaking state. Georgia is a good job. Uh, so particularly with the money, they're actually they've shown they're willing to spend. I think three million was what that was. It was going to be five years, three million for fifteen million. That's not, I mean it's not Calipari, but it's it the was top, second to yeah. Calipari. So like it's obviously it's it's a good deal. That's the first part of the statement. What people are really parsing is the second part of the statement, particularly the two different notions. On one, I don't feel I'm completely ready at this point to give them what they deserve. And two, the fact that Greg McGarity is mentioned by name in the idea. Now I tend to we're all gonna we all go around the table and have our thoughts about this. I tend to think the McGarity thing is overrated. Uh, not oh, in general, but the fact that he mentioned McGarity is I think people want, people are mad at McGarity yeah. and they want him to get, kind of got kicked around a little bit. And so they're taking this as a people that that are naturally inclined to be against McGarity are taking it as some sort of specific slight towards him. I would argue that First off, Monty is not the type of dude that's going to make sure he snives a guy after. Like he's just—it's just, it's he's just, just not being thorough. Thing. He's being thorough. He, I mean, he was meeting with Bagarity the whole time, so and clearly gave him a lot of inclinations that he would take the job. So for me, I and, and I want to hear. Well, just the Bagarity part, and then we'll get to the other part of the statement. The Bagarity part to me, I think there's a lot of people that are saying this is a jab at McGarity and he screwed this up and I, whatever, we all have our faults with McGarity, we all have our faults with McGarity. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I don't see it. As, I don't see this. I mean, it's, it's all about where you put the horizon, right? Uh, as far as the person I said McGarity, I had a people pop up in my, my mentions about Cleveland clearly stacked McGarity. I don't see it that way. He's not that type of dude at all. He, first <laughs> off, he's not that type of dude. Second <laughs> off, we can we can quibble about what happened with him at Ohio State. They gave him the opportunity to resign, but the timing of it and how it happened, it clearly was an AD decision. The AD went to him and said, I thought about this. The team is not going where we needed to go. You need time to heal. And next year's team, it, meaning the current team that is currently seated third in the NCAA, is not. Who well, was picked below Illinois going Right. No, they were, pick, they were picked like. Yeah. 13 yeah. or something. And Kennedy makes the in a huge big floor, which people may expect right, him to do. Right, right, right. But still. So, but having said all that, uh, that's the, that might be a Chris Holtzman thing. Yeah. Um, but he, he in the press conference when he left Ohio State specifically thanked the man who literally came to him and said, I'm going to need you to step down even though it's Jim. So he is not the kind of guy, he's just not the kind of guy that's going to Backhand, something snide. It's just not. It's not. It's just. Yeah, it's not his he's way. Central, I guess. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. Wasn't written in the contract that he had to proactively. Well, interview. this is the second part of the statement. Well, this but, is the second part of the statement, and that's why this is key. When he says, "I can't," I'm not. I'm not completely. I don't. Don't feel I'm completely right at this point to give McGarity and Georgia what they need. No. Now it's worth. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. If you turn around, and take the Xavier job. Next well, we'll get. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But. It is important to remember what happened at the end of his tenure. Not all, them asking him to step down was not just, I mean, he had only had one losing season. Like, he had not like been falling apart. He clearly not had what Fox was going on. Also, let's remember to have a little moment to appreciate Fox at some point in this podcast because we're already kind of dancing on his grave now, but there's a lot going on, so we need to be able to talk through it. But this was not someone who's, who was falling apart. This team was still very good up to the end. They had one bad year. But what was happening was his back issue was not like an academic or like a concern or excuse. 
In fact, one of the things Ohio State actually said was they noted how little he was traveling in mm-hmm. recruiting. Mm-hmm. He li- like the jo- to recruit. We all it's bad enough. At, uh, football's worse because they just have to go everywhere all the time. But like basketball, you have fewer assistants and you have to constantly just be schlepping it all the time. And a lot of that recruiting is sitting in gyms watching. AAU and yeah, high it's school just tough. and it's a lot. It's just tough. And so part of the deal of the face-saving idea of, the, of, of, the, of, uh, of his leaving was they made a deal with Ohio State. They would continue to get medical and he would continue to get a salary. But what Ohio State <laughs> needed was they, they, if he was feeling well enough to coach – he needed to pursue opportunities to coach, mm-hmm. so he wasn't just sitting back and collecting money from Ohio State. So there, I'm, again, this is uh, th- these are all theories. It's exactly what you have to do when you file for unemployment. Not for nothing, but yeah, and and there was actually a very smart piece, I believe, by Towers uh, in Dog Nation uh, the day before this happened, saying, "Is Georgia is Mata screwing around? Is playing around with Georgia?" And not because, and that, that's a wrong way to put it, but basically. Mata needs to show Ohio State that he is looking for a job. He's trying. That he is that he is putting himself out there if he is healthy enough to do so. And therefore, that second part of the statement is, I can't give them what they want because I'm not healthy. On one hand, he shows, hey, I, I want to get back in the game at some point. But I think it's through 2020 where he has this deal with Ohio State. So, he, But he has to show during that time that he is, if he is able, he's able to look for a job. So theoretically, he could be putting his name out there and saying, I could do this stuff. But by 2020, when this deal is over with Ohio State, is when he actually wants to do a job. On one hand, that's a little unfair to the University of Georgia to kind of use them as pawns in this idea. On the other hand, maybe he's actually wanted to do it and his back really is really messed up. And this gets to what you just said, Tony. We'll find out mm-hmm. because if he goes and takes a job with Xavier or takes a job with – the pit's not going to happen. But if he goes to – if he takes another job, that's what really hurts about this. We can all – And it, it depends on the job. I mean Xavier – the Xavier job is a very different job than the Georgia job because the Xavier job, you're recruiting mainly Catholic high schools in the central Midwest. Yeah. Um, but also his strikes are. But it's also a strike zone. And also a team that's a number one seed in the tournament right now. Right. So what's happening with Xavier if they uh, – Well, they still have their coach. Yeah, but everyone's Chris, all – Chris Mack is their coach, and he is rumored to be the guy that Louisville's pursuing as soon as the tournament. Okay. Like yeah. the, day the, the day the tournament's over right, right. that the Louisville's going after. And so Xavier's a big job. That, yeah. yeah I, I, think I think Georgia's a great job. I think Xavier's so, probably <laughs> – if not better, at least – it's. It, I, I think Xavier's. Are, I would take a Xavier's, Xavier's job a better job. Yeah, I would think Xavier's job. Absolutely, it's a better job. So in the short term, it's a better job. I yeah. think you can make a long term argument for Georgia, but you need someone to bring it to that point. So here's the thing: what got and, and what people need to remember is that, and, and this is a, it's not intentionally a backhand compliment, but it's going to sound this way to Mark Fox, is that the thing that we need to remember about Mark Fox is that he has done something no other coach has done, which has had a string of consecutive winning seasons at Georgia in a way that no coach ever done, including Hugh Durham, who took us to a Final Four. Right. First off. Second off, 17 to 20 win seasons is what got that modifier at Ohio State. So that is the difference between – that's the difference between where a program like Ohio State is. And it's important that you note Ohio State's been in the college football playoff. They are a football first school. They, they are in a, a very important recruiting region for – for their conference, 
Um, and also has a huge college basketball history. Has a huge college basketball history, yeah. right? And on top of that, and this is not for nothing, they play in a really good basketball conference. And for, for my money, this year is accepted. Well, but it's interesting. This year is accepted. How you doing? Yeah, you, yeah, I'm worried about uh, Scott a little bit. I got my little retainer. He's great. Yeah, little, it's, it's fine. It's, I'm, I'm fine. Um, his ibuprofen's kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, the, Scott, we're not dragons. Yes. No. <laughs> Please keep your shirt on. Um, so the the other part about it is that um, I, I have found it to be interesting that universally the um, the narrative about what George Lickmore coach remains to be ultra clean, right? And, and which is, I think is great. I, I, I we could ha- we could probably do an entire podcast on on Mark Fox and what happened with Mark Fox at Georgia. Um, recruiting has improved over the past couple of years, and it, I'm sorry you're not paying attention if you don't you don't think that. Um, it's not to the level that I think it can be at, even without whatever playing the quote unquote playing the AAU game. Um, but the reality is is that it, what I think happened is that. Greg McGarity told Dan Mata, we're going to pay you. We're going to pay you what we think a coach here needs to make in order to get Georgia to in order in order to get Georgia to sweet 16s every year, every other year. And to be in a position to make runs to final fours. Which it, which is where I think we should be. Now, I don't think for a second that we are um, that it's realistic for us to to, to be Think we're Kentucky because we're, we're. I mean, never, it's not realistic to think you're Tennessee, or to be honest, in basketball. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe someday, maybe someday, but not right now. But the but the reality is is that there is an arc where you can say we're Tennessee or Florida, mm-hmm. and there's an arc where you're Kentucky, but there is right if you you can dream on being Tennessee, or right, right, which is a consistent Sweet Sixteen team, always in the tournament or at least talking about the tournament, and. Being a, being essentially a, a one playmaker away from making a final four run. So do you do you draw any kind of uh, I guess correlation to how Coach Rick went out to how Coach Fox went out? It seemed kind of similar, but not really. Um, you know, one one thing that I found <laughs> interesting was that Mark Fox was a pretty you know active tweeter, and his last tweet was like early February. Yeah. And if you look he back, you always think that well, he might have known. He saw right. So yeah, let's, I, could, I don't know how you could. I mean, and we and then, and then please touch on his last kind of parting shot yeah. as well. Well, and, and that's where I was going. With okay, this. I mean, we could take a whole again, we could take a whole podcast talk about what happened in the last twenty four hours of his tenure here. Um, he was given the opportunity to coach at NIT, and Yante Maiden has to leave the room, and the players voted not to play. Uh, yeah, I found that very interesting. I mean, there are a lot of ways to look at that. I mean, but the the way that seems to jive most with things that. That makes sense based on what we've seen is that they were done. The mm-hmm. players were done. Um, now, having said that, having said that, um, I also am not as um, I'm not as dismissive of I mean not dismissive as um, fired up about Mark Fox's final like you know Greg McGarry and I might agree disagree about the the partnership thing, um, but. But maybe, maybe that's the thing that has caused Greg McGarity to lay out such a, a big vision to Dad Mata. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe I'm wrong about that and I'm willing to be wrong about that. But the, the thing about it that is most interesting to me is that you had a lot of media people 
come to Mark Fox's defense, right? Uh, so much to the point where I, I felt compelled to respond to at least one person who's like, yeah, Georgia with your long history of only winning one SEC regular season title or something like that. And like, so what you're saying is Georgia just know they're rolling shut their hole. And that's, that's ridiculous. You would never say that to any football program. You know, you always should aspire to do better than what you are. And quite frankly, if you were to sit down and be objective about it, there are programs who, when you look at, you think, why aren't they better at basketball? And Georgia's near the top of that list. And it has to be near the top of that list. Between the resources, between the proximity to uh, recruiting hotbeds, I'm not just talking about Atlanta, I mean, Peach Jam, it's in Augusta. It's, it's like the premier summer league showcase. It it's is like in right Augusta. There. It is literally an hour and 15 minutes from here. Um, and you, you, you look at Dominique Wilkins played. Dominique there. Wilkins played. There. No, but the, but the, but that's a good point. Is that when you look at the history of Georgia basketball, we might low key have seen the second best player in the history of Georgia basketball. Last four years. <laughs> well, I mean, and obviously, he was the third one to win SEC Player of the Year. Nothing to show for it, other than winning basketball seasons, which is frankly in basketball that's not. It's not the same thing. No, not when sixty-eight teams make a make a right. tournament. Now, now yeah. to get to your question about is it is it some of to, to Mark Rick? The difference between Mark Fox and Mark Rick is that while Mark Fox got the basketball program to a tr- quote unquote tradition of winning, Mark Rick had a higher bar coming in, and Mark Rick also increased the bar, and that's something Mark Fox never did. And uh, frankly, I think if he had increased the bar. We might be willing, we, meaning the fans, might be willing to overlook um, a, a run of seasons where, frankly, I think they have underperformed at least the last two seasons. I mean, I think it's been, yeah. I could it, it may be maybe the last four seasons. Listen, I love, I like Mark Fox. I like Mark Fox. I think he's one of the good guys and so on. Come on, man. Like, this is not, you're not coaching eighth graders. Like, you're not. And, like, this is what this is for. And I find a lot of, Again, I like Mark Fox. I find a lot of the sanctimony involving Fox of the I'm the clean guy, mm-hmm. and the other guys are. We've used the analogy before of the fifty five my mileage analogy of everyone's going, everyone's going. 80, it's like a fifty five miles everyone's, an hour. Everyone's going eighty five. He's going forty five. Right. It's saying, why is everybody going so fast? And I get it. He seems like he's a good dude, but like there are people that keep it clean and win. Like Fox, in a lot of ways, particularly toward the end, particularly with everything that's exploded in college basketball this year, has done so much of, hey, fire me and you're going to get this. You know, I'm one of the good guys. Fire me and who knows what kind of cesspool of Bruce Pearl you're going to get. And listen, I don't want Georgia to hire Rick Pitino. Like, let's not get insane. <laughs> that was the craziest thing. Oh, that Jay Williams is like, dope. Like, come on. He just pulled it out of his ass. And sorry. And, well, um, I mean, because. Patinas, people call it. Of course, of course. And I, I think one of the biggest knocks on Fox is look at their last game. Who scored the most points in that game? And you never saw him really yeah, play yeah, consistently. Yeah, of course, of course. It's Crump. It's Crump. Yeah, you know, he had a pure shooter yeah. that he didn't really For a realize. team that desperately, Did, desperately needed a pure shooter. And, 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 <laughs> we could spend a whole podcast breaking down yeah. Mark Fox coaching. I mean, if you'd only bring back Derek Dukes. But, <laughs> but see, this, this, yeah. and this is what I find frustrating <laughs> is that like – He was my favorite. This is what drives me crazy about – Kind of the sanctimony that comes about Fox. I've mentioned this before, but look at the college basketball scandal. It's really about 
agents, uh, sorry, uh, shoe shoe companies uh-huh. giving money to players, bypassing yeah. the schools or using the schools as a conduit to give money to them. Like and basically, really to the families of players. Yes, yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, the players are running. This is going to people who don't get paid. We don't have to legislate whether they should get paid or not. But like, I still think they should, but that's not what this discussion is. Mark Fox has a deal with Nike, or did have a deal with Nike, <laughs> where he has to show up and coach at two Nike basketball camps and make appearance and wear Nike stuff and wear Nike shoes and make sure his players wear Nike, wear Nike uniforms. And it has this big deal with Nike. It gives him a ton of money every year. So if you, when he goes and says, I, this is the rot that's going on in college basketball and I'm disgusted by this, if you really take a step back from it, what he's really saying is the shoe companies should be giving money to me, not to players. That's not actually what he's saying. But it's actually what he said. And, and the interesting thing about it, and this is – Mark Fox definitely wants to coach again. He's a young guy. He's, what, 51? Yeah. He's turning I think he's even a little younger than that. Maybe yeah. he's turning up that mile. Um, are you – I'm missing the game. Older or younger than that mile? Yeah. Uh, somebody sent me a picture of that motto when he coached at Butler. By the way, my wife was in college then. Um, that's a humble brag. Yes. The, um, <laughs> and he was 33. I'm the same age as that motto, by the way. I said – Please do not scour the internet for pictures of me at 33. <laughs> Mar looks older. He does. No, he he's got road miles. Yeah, he, he has road miles. He definitely. Um, but you know the 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 thing about it is that Mark Fox wants to go somewhere else. There are his the things he said about when he was given the opportunity to talk about the basketball scandal uh, was a month ago now are more um, might be more damaging to him than his his conduct. As an exit press conference for Georgia. Listen, Frankly. you know what? Go coach in the Mountain West. Like, honestly, go coach in the Mountain West. And I, and I know we all think the Mountain West is good. The Mountain West is terrible. It has like Utah Valley and Chicago State and Grand Canyon. Mountain West used to be good, but now, so I think of the WAC. I mean, the WAC. But go coach in the WAC. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Think of Colorado State. I'm thinking the WAC. Go coach in the WAC. That's where the WAC is. Utah State. Like, go do that. Go do that. Go coach. If you don't want to be a part of this and you just want to educate, and you just want to make players better and, and graduate players. Awesome. Again, go I, to a mid-major and you can do that forever and just have the purity of coaching. Make the tournament every couple of years and have a perfectly happy life. But you want to play on this field, don't act all sanctimonious because it's not real. And this might be a good way to get us into the conversation about who's next. But the reality is, is I have genuine affection for his assistants. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Hayes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hayes. Pearson, um, I mean, you know, the, the guys on the, I've been being, you know, I haven't noticed some of the guys on the strength conditioning staff, for example. Um, he had a really, he actually had a really good group of solid recruiters and, and good bench coaches working for him. Um, I don't know Kent Davidson at all. I think some of the scheduling was weird over time. Is he the guy that fought the Missouri? He's coach? the guy that fought the Missouri. Coach. <laughs> yes. uh, I have to assume that was a, that was, that was over unpaid bill at Chili's or something. <laughs> Uh, that was wonderful. I wasn't at that. That was my I favorite was, moment. I was, I was on the floor. I, I was forgot. God, it was so yeah. awesome. I know. I'm, believe you me, Tony, I remember. Because we have the video of you on the floor, if you remember correctly. I was so amazed oh, was, at what was happening. I just remembered that we It was we the most exciting moment of the Mark Fox era. Yeah, I totally forgot that. We, there's that total video of you getting really fired up. It's awesome. That is, you were fist bumping <laughs> or something. So, oh, it's amazing. Kim Davidson went after some dude. Um, so so who who are the candidates? Okay, so, we're okay, bleeding okay. this a little bit. So we know Mama's out. 
the rumor is is Crean and Pitt have already talked. Frankly, I'm okay with that because I don't think Tom Crean is a come here and stay here guy. And if we're going to get someone, I think that motto was our was our top level candidate, right? He's a he is a national championship. He has coached a national championship game. He has taken teams to multiple Final Fours. He's taken teams. Uh, he's taken three different teams to the NCAA tournament. Um, I think he would have come here and his name would be on the floor if he had his way. That's and that I told Matthew Lee that I said, look, I'm fine with that model because he's going to come here and his name's going to be on the floor. That's that's his plan. I'm not sure that's Tom Crean's plan. I think Tom Crean, Tom Crean, wherever he goes, although Pittsburgh, it could be different because they have a tendency to hang on with coaches for a long time. Trust me, the Kevin Stallings was the first craziest hire in the history of the world. Um, just not even a culture fit, and he was uh, whatever. He was he was he was. Mm. So Tom Cream, maybe. I'm, I'm going to give it a defensive cream. Uh, no, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, mean, I think I think, that, he, I think it could work out. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't think he's a long term solution. I don't think there is like. Is there one for Georgia? Like honestly, like listen, what you need right now, bet for better or worse. Is yes, Mark Fox has theoretically brought Georgia back to a level that you can build from. Yeah, but like the fact is, when people when, come on, you guys know this as well as I do. When you guys think of the heyday of Georgia basketball, do you think of the Mark Fox era? No, no, you think, think of the Herrick era. Terry. Yeah, you think of the Herrick and you think of Tubby. Like that's what you think of. So the idea before you go on Twitter and talk about Tubby, we're going to talk about Tubby in a minute. Yeah, we, yeah, I definitely want to talk about Tubby. Uh, but the the notion that. Mark Fox, had, sure, he's, he's made the job stable. But yeah. the idea that he has elevated the job, we well, you know what elevates the job? Money. Money elevates the job. And they, they're clearly showing they want to spend. So 16 what, million five years. Yeah, so what you want to do, exactly, that's, that's, that's real money. That's money. And what you want to do then is I think you, but coaches don't, I think the 10th the longest tenured college basketball coach has been there like seven years. Yeah. Like nobody stays well, the, long yeah, anymore. The, the biggest, the biggest uh, strike against him was nine years in what? And no tournament no wins. Tournament the wins. only coach that had been there that long and not won a tournament game. And you know what? If Fox would have been awesome his first four years, guess what? He'd have gotten hired by somebody else. That's okay. It's okay if that happens. I can say this as an Illinois person. Like, you know what? Bill Self was awesome for Illinois. It sucked that he left. But you know what? He went to freaking Kansas. And that made that job awesome. Like, that made that job elevated in the eyes of right. a lot of people because the guy that just went to Kansas was there and said, I would stay here if it hadn't been, been Kansas. Probably. There is value in that. Substitute Kansas for Kentucky. And that's what Tubby said 20 years ago. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And now people are talking about bringing Tubby back. Yeah. I, that is – I have to say that is – It's been too long. Absolutely. Forget it. It's been too long. He's been a, like a lousy He's coach for like fired a the past decade. You know what? We've been fired for four jobs. Now, we can, we can talk about the – Four different jobs. We can talk about <laughs> – the Memphis job is a different thing. Yeah. But the three jobs before he got fired from because he wasn't – he wasn't good. Yeah, I'm sorry, but and Memphis, like Memphis has its own issues. Oh, yeah. But that team was horrible this right. year and was not expected. Like Gary Parrish has talked a lot. He, he oh, yeah. works at Memphis College Basketball right for CBS. He works at Memphis, and he has just been like, I can't believe how bad this specific team is. Tubby Smith is in – like, listen, we all – like you guys have all these great memories of Tubby Smith. I have memories of him in Minnesota. I have memories at the end of his time in Kentucky. I have memories of Texas Tech. Oh, the Texas Tech was the worst. Like, like he has crapped out from job after job after job. You want to you want to have that 
the, the Dan Walkins of the world and the Rush the Courts of the world saying George is a crappy college basketball job and it's just you hire Tubby. You hire Tubby. You will look like like that's the best way to to destroy the program. And here's the thing: the people out there saying we should hire Tubby and then make Jonas head coach and waiting. Just make Jones head coach. Let's just. Let's just like, I don't think they should do that. No, I don't think but they I should. Think they should do that before they do time. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. who, if you had to pick right now, who's going to be? The let's coach? go over some of the candidates. Let's go, let's go over some of the candidates. Okay. So, so there's some the top candidates out there. They're good. So uh, one of the most logical candidates a lot of people like is Earl Grant. He's a coach of College of Charleston. They mm-hmm. are in the tournament. I don't mm-hmm. know when this will be posted. Mm-hmm. College Charleston is in the tournament, and and, and they'll play to Friday. Yeah, and most impressively, College of Charleston. Remember, they used to be very good for a long time, and then had this dip. And then Grant has brought them back up, which is right. exciting. Like that's one of the things you any, want to any see. Relation to Anthony Grant? Any can I? You, I don't. I mean, he's like fifteen years younger, so probably not. Probably not. But I don't know. Okay. Um, so uh, Tubby's on the list. Some people are floating Shaka Smart. That seems like a pipe dream to me. That seems a, 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 like a pipe dream to me. Um, I mean, uh, I guess we get him. I'll be excited, but uh, Ron, Ron Hunter. Georgia yeah, State. I, I'm intrigued by Hunter. I like, I like Hunter. I'm intrigued by Hunter. That. There's some, He'd make it fun. It's worth noting that this Georgia State team kind of got a little fortunate to win. Yeah. Like, this is not that awesome team that had RJ, that had his yeah. son, that was really, really fun. But, I mean, he's taken two different low-major yeah. low teams, too. And that Georgia State team was particularly fun. I've yeah. been to a Georgia State game. Yeah. It is, it's a cool little arena. It's a cool little arena, but it is like, it's a cool You are little. Georgia State, Will. Yeah, I love Georgia State, man. I... I be at Georgia State's first game on Thursday before the season starts on Labor Day. It's going to be great. Um, Wes Miller, he's a coach of USA, UNC Greensboro. He's on there. Um, Jared Haas, who's from Stanford, he's got a connection. Uh, he's got a connection because he worked with uh, he's worked with someone uh, here before. Yeah, I don't but know. I don't really see that. I my kind of quiet candidate. I wish Florida Gulf Coast would have won their conference tournament. They have a guy named Dooley. Yeah. How about a Dooley coaching on the college basketball team? More to the point, he plays. They're so interesting. They're a fast team. He plays that fun, fast style. Mm-hmm. He plays the D'Antoni style. Yeah. You want a team that, again, I don't know when this is going to be posted. But if you get a chance to watch Marshall in the tournament, Marshall is actually coached by Mike D'Antoni's brother. And the I, I was discussing with, with Chip. I was I sat next to Chip in uh, in. Uh, in, uh, in my seats. Chip Town. Yeah. No, no, no. No, I said Chip. Oh, Polidor. Yeah. I said, I said Chip in my seats. Sorry, Polidor. We, we, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and we've been, uh, we've been sitting uh, direct messages back and forth, forth. And we were talking about the idea. Um, uh, I was talking about the game this year. One of the things that's fun with the Georgia women's team is they run. Like, the Georgia women's yeah. team is, a, is an actively enjoyable team to yeah. watch. The frustrating part about Fox was even when they were losing, even when they were, when they were losing the winning, the games are not pleasant to watch and Which, I, I and I listen you have to win you have to win but it brings up a good point if it's enjoyable basketball not making the tournament or being on the bubble every year can't be tolerated some yeah and, and listen if Georgia next year just has crump and turtle and Hammonds all just going nuts on the perimeter and running around like crazy I, even if they don't make the tournament, that's that'll still be fun. Like it'll yeah. we'll feel like okay, that's different. Yeah. Like a, let's not forget a large part of Fox's problem was they weren't pleasant to watch. They, oh, were, they it's Turtle dribbling out the shot clock and throwing up the three pointer and Turtle and Turtles it's his own issue. We're Hanging on the timeouts, yeah, not being able to run an inbound play. Yeah. Or break like the it press. was falling apart at the end, and so I think there's something to be said for bringing in someone like Dooley. 
who is very exciting and runs a very fun style. I think if Florida, I think he would be frankly near the top candidates, except Florida Gulf Coast lost in its title game in the tournament, and all those mid majors. Yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't. They don't like to. They don't like to do that. So. Uh, I am a Korean person. I have to say, I am on the Korean train. And Are you really? I am. And one of the things is, A, Korean is very charismatic, which totally helps the national sense that, that I think what Georgia needs is to be, like, one of the key things I really do is you have to build the program up through coaches. Yes, I love the Tom Korean face as much as everybody else. No, I mean, that's the primary reason I want him here. Yeah, I mean, like, Korean is, like, he's, first of all, he's a really good analyst on games now. Yeah. Everybody loves him. He, like, every college basketball reporter loves Korean. He's a huge girl, and, and he's got success. Like, he wasn't even bad with Indiana. The problem with it, remember, he recruited Indiana to a number one seed and one of the top teams in the country. The problem is they ran into a weird Syracuse zone yeah. in the Sweet 16, and they, get, and, they, and, they, and they got crapped out, which sucks. But like that's like that was a really good team. They recruited really well and should have been a final four team. team. And he built that after I watched him be terrible at Indiana for three for two years, just like completely rip out the guts of the program and start over. And he built that into a final four team. He does it, and and people love him. Is he the kind of guy that takes his jacket off and slams it down? Doesn't he have that kind of a little bit? But he's he's just he's. Boisterous and yeah. demonstrative in every possible way. So, and understand, if we get Tom Crean, I'm going to find the bright side because yeah. first so, of all, yeah, what, is what is my, your downside? My downside for him is that I don't think he's here for the long so, haul. Yeah, who is here for the long I, haul? I understand that. I understand that model is, and that's part. That's part of it, yeah. and that is part of it. And I realize there's some relativity yeah. there that I have to. I have to deal with. That's my thing. It's but, also possible that that model was never ever going to come. And that's possible. You're you're right. Um, the the hard part about it me is I'm trying to temper what my Indiana basketball in laws. Right, of course, they all hated. Him. They hated him because he wasn't Bobby Knight. Right, <laughs> um, and th- and thank God he's not Bobby Knight because you know who's got time for the misogyny. But um, the misogyny is yeah. like one of the top ten. Like, um, but having said all of that, uh, Bobby Knight's an asshole. And uh, I've been waiting so long to say that out loud. Yeah, yeah. The um, I'm just, imagine being Bobby Knight's dude. We George, <laughs> George talked about hiring him by the way. Yeah. Before Texas Tech got a hold of some. Uh, uh, so, so my my problem with Crean is that he is. Uh, I, I just don't. I'm not certain he's here for the long term. And and again yeah, just, and again, I don't think that, that is something. That's I something that, that I, the the upside of Crean is exactly what you said. He is really good at building programs, and that is something that we can we can bicker about. Whether we need to build a program or we need somebody who can take a program to the next level, but for all of Cream's issues as an X's and O's coach, mm-hmm. um, and there were issues, like, no, yes, like that. yes, like, uh, and, and, and frankly, Indiana and Kentucky and North Carolina are kind of three places where they just aren't going to put up with someone that doesn't coach extraordinarily good fundamental mm-hmm. basketball. Um, so it's just it's uh, about it's about recruit, Georgia recruits. So who, Who's your, who's your, let me close this on Crean. Okay. Let me close this on Crean. My argument on Crean is the, the yeah, argument, my counter argument to yours. Run, run <laughs> my counter argument to yours is the Mark Fox idea. If Mark Fox had done 
what he thought he was going to do and Georgia thought he was going to do, he probably would have left it for four or five years. Nevada that's was a, a step up from that's Georgia. A that's a fair point. And then he would find a place that's that's a, a step point. up from that. Yeah, the way point. you do is you do well, and then someone's like, holy cow, Georgia struggled for 20 years. Look what he's doing And your now. point about Bill Self leaving Illinois, and then people associate that yeah. as a good stepping stone, then you get more good coaches to right. come through here. And then unfortunately, Bruce Weber was not able to yeah, hold on to that. that. But, of course, he's in the tournament this year, and Illinois isn't, so I probably yeah. should be quiet. Yeah. So, so if you had to pick, you who, who's your money on? Like one pick to. For, I for think you want, and who do you? Who I do think, you think it's Cohen. Crean is who I want. Okay. Um, this Tubby Boomlet is really disturbing. I have to say, it's really surprising to me. It's like, like the AJC just picked this up as like maybe the, the Tubby and Hayes idea. Like I'm telling you, you do not. Like I've watched teams with talent erode through Tubby. And I, I tell you, did good stuff 20 years ago. He did good stuff with Kentucky, but like been fired four times in 20 years. That's really, really hard to do. So you want cream? I want cream. If I had to make a prediction with the money's being thrown around, I think cream makes a lot of sense. I, my prediction and my hope is actually cream. Um, I, I think at this point I, I would probably prefer somebody like Grant or Miller, um, a, a young up and comer, somebody that has, John Miller? No. If only. Yes. No, maybe not. Rick Pitino. Can we we do the Pitino talk? No. We have have no good Italian restaurants that show up the lights early. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Is he going to go to Palmas? We just got Palmas. I swear, I've gotten eggs there. Be cool. So, my children are are locos right next door. (laughs) He's just in there. He won't leave. The good news is, it just takes a minute. And, um, what we no about? I don't know. I don't uh, know. Patino, Patino. We're talking about so, Patino. Because it was floated by Jay Williams gotcha. that Patino was going to – that he had talked to Georgia sources. If, <laughs> if Jay Williams has a Georgia source, I will eat my hat. He, like, he has a Georgia no source way. in that Patino's press agent was yeah. in the Atlanta airport flying through. Exactly. Um, like there was – if that. Yeah. Or they said, hey, I'd take that job. Because listen, I'm Patino like, – and listen, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is the example – it's a good thing for Mark Fox. If you had told me five years ago that Georgia uh, wouldn't want Rick Pitino, but Rick Pitino would want to go to Georgia, I would think that was insane. So, <laughs> so maybe that's so you bring up you bring a good point. The fact that we were able to get Thad Mata in the door, the fact that we're talking about the possibility of Tom Crean, who for all his faults is a is a, a well known quantity. In, in college basketball, and has and also a pretty good coach. Yeah, like did mean, not reach the levels that Indiana wanted him to, but clearly, right, like has shown he can rebuild the program. Right, we're not sniffing around the Mountain West for coach, exactly. Um, and I think Fox is an argument against the Urban Meyer theory of where like get a guy from Utah and bring him here, and then bring him here and bring him on up. I think that Fox they didn't work with Fox, and I think you need someone who's done it. And frankly, I'd be okay with Ron Hunter, too. Okay, so you, you prediction on who you want? My prediction, we're going to get Crean if he's available. Um, uh, let's go with Ron Hunter. Okay. Georgia should be better than Pittsburgh. I'll put it that way. We talked about Georgia and we Xavier. Should, it is I great. think Georgia should be above Pittsburgh in the pecking order. Pittsburgh is the other place that's going after Crean. Yeah. Georgia should be able to beat them. Okay. My prediction is, well, I don't I don't know as much as y'all. I mean, I mean everybody knows that by and now. You've been taking out program. Yeah, I've been, yeah. Um, I want 
I would like to see Crean here just because I see how excited Will is and mm-hmm. I see how great Tony is with his uh, memes of Crean. Oh, my in the God. Past. Trust me. I mean, it there would be, be epic. Um, I think it's going to be something like The Field. I, the Field. You know, maybe. Field. Yeah, so wow. I'm go with the that's field. really bold. I've never even Somebody that's not even uh, picked yet. Talk about. Right. Is, is that done? I mean, it's a yeah. I think or, like, let's uh, talk. Let's no. talk two minutes about uh, other sports. Baseball. How about, no. What are, what, are, what are your final four predictions? I got mine. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. My I don't know. All kinds of. I will do mine. I will do mine. I have luck. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me pick up my bracket. I've got my bracket. And Hang on. Brings up bracket. By the way, I know we did a WSLS podcast uh, bracket last year. I didn't. I knew we were not going to be yeah, able to have this podcast out before we started. Will's. Let me let me let me make a pitch for Will's. Will does. Nobody's nobody's listening. Yeah. Why? It's been in 69 minutes. It's fine. Okay. Uh, you're going to edit this down to like 42 minutes. Sure. Uh, so, oh, I will. So, Will and Will will write a literally a newsletter about anything about how. If you win? If you win, he'll write about anything. So, like a topic. If you won, what would be what would you request Will to write about? Um, Can you pick the publication that he writes it in? No, it's for the newsletter. It's I have to write newsletter. the newsletter. Yeah. Um, honestly, because I just got done, I just got done reading how Ernest Klein completely missed opportunity to uh, to make the perfect book about eighties pop culture because he he never mentioned the last Starfighter. Yes, because um, the guy that wrote Radio, Radio Player One. And look, I love the book; it was great. It, I think the movie's going to be amazing based on the trailers. But seriously, is that, the is, video game within a video game. So is that your topic? Movie about video games? I don't know. Yeah, you're not I'd, so ask him to, I'd ask him to diagram the first off, everyone should still fly rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. You idea. should subscribe. That's, good. that's, that's, that's better than mine. He's, he's just fronting and right we in front. Should, he's got his Cardinals uh, baby powder blue. Yeah, I've been, I've been. I went to two Cardinals spring training games at Jupiter, so I've got my my Wainwright, my uh, George Boy. Ken Overfell wants to talk about yeah. his George Adam I have to say, the best advertisement to Cardinals fans. For about the state of Georgia is Adam Wainwright. He is so yeah, beloved yeah. that he's a god there. Yeah, sure. He's, he's from Brunswick. He's right. a great dude. He's kind, of, he's, he's kind of on the last leg of his career. He's his last year's contract. He has, he's had a couple years, but he's, they, they want him in the rotation this year. His brother's actually a lawyer in Atlanta. Well, he's yes, yes. Uh, during Adam Wainwright's starts. He's a really good dude. So, he's like, why is this guy texting me? No, he texted me first. <laughs> he texted me first. Uh, okay, so what, my bro, so bro. What, are your, uh, what are your final four picks, Tony? I don't know. I got I'm bringing up mine. I'm bringing up mine. Here's, here I am. So, <clears throat> my final four it is worth noting that I am a traditionalist when it comes to this stuff. I tend to almost always just pick talent. Yeah, I need, let me have that. Well, mine's filled out. Yeah, I can look at the teams. After me. Okay. You can <laughs> so, I tend to go with talent. I tend to not go. I tend, to, unique, I tend right? to be very skeptical of teams that uh, are hip picks. Mm-hmm. I tend to uh, go more chalk. I have two number one seeds making it, but they are probably not the ones that most people have. I have Xavier and Villanova, mm-hmm. both of which lose in their games. Oh. Uh, I have Xavier losing to Arizona. Okay. I think they are actually maybe the, the second they are the second most talented team, and the first most talented team is Duke. And I have Duke. I, all year, everyone's been waiting for Duke to finally figure it all out. They obviously have the most talent of any team in the tournament. They have not quite figured it out. I, it would be the most annoying and, and incredible thing in the world if Duke actually all figured it out. I actually picked Duke to win the national championship over Arizona, which I think would be a major disappointment for a lot of people because yeah. to me, Virginia is one of the best stories of this tournament. That's not even a particularly talented team. They have very few 100, top 100 recruits, but they have, they're have they like 32-2. and two. They've just been amazing all year, and Tony Bennett's been just this incredible job, but they're not fun. Too. It like, has for a long time. Yeah, and it's funny because what's going to happen is 
I think what's going to happen, uh, uh, I didn't predict this, but you can totally see a situation where the two slowest offensive teams in the tournament are, they're really good, are Virginia and Cincinnati. Yes. And they can play in the Elite Eight for the rest of the championship game. It's possible that that game is like 50 to 48, and you're just going to hear people, this is what college basketball is. This is why it's so bad. This actually like really great teams playing. Really Meanwhile, the Xavier Purdue game is, 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 oh, yeah. eight, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Villanova Purdue game is 88 to 86. Yes. I don't know if anyone's listening before they hear this game. Watch Marshall play. They are, Illinois, beat, crazy. Illinois beat Marshall this year like 99 to 98. And it was so bad. And uh, Mark, uh, Mike D'Antoni's brother coaches in a t shirt and a sports jacket. And it's a very beautiful thing to watch. Okay, Scott, who's your picks? All right, so I've got Arizona going to the Final Four because everybody's going to pick Virginia, but they just lost their second. They did score. six men, yeah. Yeah, so he's, uh, or, okay, six men. That's going to hurt them, you know, as uh, they reach the round of uh, 16, losing to Arizona. Then, so I got uh, Arizona uh, in the bottom half of the bracket. I have Xavier uh, as well going to the Final Four. On the other side, I've got Purdue. Uh, besting, uh, who is it? Wichita State in the Elite Eight. Ooh. And then uh, I've got Duke over Auburn to make it to the Final Four as well. So Final Four, Arizona versus Xavier. Xavier takes that. Purdue versus Duke. Duke takes that. that. And then I've got a big X right in the middle. The Is it Xavier or is it Xavier? Just Xavier. I say Xavier. The Musketeers. Um, just just for, for informational purposes only, if you want to go with some upsets, my wife has Texas Tech <laughs> over Nevada in, uh, in the championship game. I think she Texas likes Tech Cliff is interesting. Kingsbury, and uh, she went with the Cliff Kingsbury. Texas Tech, you know it's Jamie Dixon, right? Well, I know, but you know she's. She, I, I gave yes. her credit for filling it out. Um, so it, I have several brackets. I, I, I'm going to go with the one I have for uh, for Will's bracket. Um, I also have Zona, so we agree. Mm-hmm. We agree. Um, I have um, pouring out for Dan Rubinstein, by the way, right off the explanation. Yeah, I can't believe that. That was that was amazing. That that Dan, Dan, I was surprised Dan was one of those guys. I was, uh, but although you know they were getting rid of video stuff and yeah, I've heard, I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I have uh, the University of North Carolina. That just again, it, it's about often to me. It's about offensive efficiency, and it's about uh, the ability to move uh, and, and the and talent, uh, which gets me over to the other side. It's just I I, I can't not pick Villanova. They're just really. It's just really they're just really good offensively, mm-hmm. and that's that's what happens in these tournaments. Uh, and then I picked Duke on the other side, uh, and I want to say I had uh, I had Purdue and and Butler and a couple of different things mm-hmm. scenarios playing against them, and then um, I there was not bold enough to pick Auburn anywhere past. Um, They've been fading late. Yeah, uh, I actually had New Mexico State beat Auburn at one of my. Oh, fans. that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun, uh, and then. I have Villanova versus uh, Carolina rematch last year with Villanova getting their revenge. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Okay. All right. So do we have reviews? Yeah. Yeah. So here's what we're getting into now. Um, The last five minutes or so of this podcast is going to – basically the first part is going to be – We have trivia. No, 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 no trivia. I do have a question for Will. It's a baseball question. Okay. Um, one that I'm very concerned about. 11 national champion, uh, World Series championships. That's how many cards are I said that's a question. I mean, three of those are like off-brand ones like Alabama's, but. Sure. Uh, okay, so we're going to go with the, uh, we had a Facebook post and we have a review that I'm going to cover. And then, um, what else am I, I'm going to talk about the college football playoff deal to 64 that 
Rittenberg, Adam Rittenberg did. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, uh, a baseball question that I didn't know was a thing, but I'm, I'm kind of worried about it. Okay. Maybe I'm not, right, um, but I know that you're going to definitely have an opinion. Why, why is your phone so yellow? You've got that, uh, that thing turned on for the night shift, whatever you call it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we had a uh, podcast poster on our Facebook page, which is kind of hard to figure out, even though I do social media for a living. I can't figure out how to uh, respond or find a post on Facebook that a, that a listener leaves once I respond to it. Uh, if anybody has any help on that, I would appreciate it because uh, a gentleman this week who is moving from Washington, D.C., to Athens, we talked about how much he liked the podcast. You should call me. I did that. Was that you? No, I didn't. Oh no, he sent us like seventeen years ago. <laughs> no, he sent. Well, he sent us a Facebook post, and he basically was talking about how his wife's a Georgia fan. He's not. He kind of drew a correlation of Will, you know, kind of getting falling in love with the Georgia team and everything. And he made the point that they're moving down to Athens. He and his wife listened to Wait Since Last Saturday as they're driving and. Uh, just he's grown to love Georgia football because of the podcast. Well, the good news is this is the last one from Richmond to Charlotte. This particular podcast, and it's he, the last year from Richmond to a lot of places. He made mention the the part that, that stuck with me. He made mention that they are getting married in the fall, but they picked the off weekend right good before man. Florida. And I gave him an attaboy oh, at least for uh, you know realizing the priorities when it comes to weddings. What's his name? I don't even know. I don't know. I, I can't find it on Facebook. But Bob. anyway, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Um, so Definitely we, not Will Leach. We do have one more review that came in at the end of January. And I guess when you don't produce podcast episodes, you don't get reviews. Hmm. Funny how that works. So uh, this person. When they don't play football games, you don't right. get That's podcast true. episodes. That's true. That's true. Um, so this is from a guy with the title R E T W E L Y Ritwelly. I don't know. He says, best dog podcast. Five star review. As others have said, this is an outstanding podcast that perfectly blends information, analysis, and a fan's perspective on all things UGA. Keep up the good work, guys. One question that I'd love to hear you all discuss. What would you like to see in our football non-conference schedule? A home-and-home with a power program outside the South, such as Washington, Michigan, Texas, etc. A two-for-one deal with a group of five team that allows for something interesting. Georgia State twice in Athens, once at the TED, or maybe Tulane twice in Athens, once in the Superdome. A home-and-home with a Power 5 school who is known for basketball, Duke, Kansas, etc., Illinois, where they have to play a hoops game in Stegman 2. Thanks for the shows, Philip and Valdosta, Georgia. Interesting. Interesting um, question. I would like to see Georgia play someone who isn't Georgia State. Yes. Ted. That would be kind of fun, but I don't think there's any upside no to playing at Georgia no. State. Um, go ahead, Danny. I, I, I mean, I think I'm clearly on the, the side of playing in Michigan, Texas, somebody, uh, somebody somewhere interesting. I mean, I've already started making plans to go to UCLA in 2022. But see, that's the thing. I would love to see them do a home-and-home. Home. I don't want to see them play at Jerry World. No, 100%. Yeah, yeah at home-and-home. Home. Yeah. You I, want the home-and-home. Home. I would be completely fine with going to, if it made sense, like a two-for-one or something, where you do kind of show up at a – Unique place. Um, I know we we bashed uh, Mississippi State for going to UMass or something. Or yeah, yeah but you shouldn't do that. You would have to be. It would have to be like a, a Big Ten school from the lower bottom crust. Yeah, like I feel like a two for one. There's no reason I can do two for one. There's yeah. Maybe perhaps they should. Yeah, but they maybe, should. Maybe, maybe do a visit to segment. I like that. But there's no. The problem is there's no upside for a, a Big Ten team like that 
to say, oh, we're just going to have two non-conference losses to this power team. Like, it certainly makes sense for Georgia. Maybe makes sense to Georgia that though it's hard to imagine Georgia going to Memorial Stadium. Um, oh, I'd go to that game so hard. Oh, that would be so fun. But but the, to me, Illinois, there's really no upside for Illinois to do that either. Because what you're really doing is just putting two losses on the schedule for two separate years and when, when they just want to get the six wins. To get what, and what would more, be more likely to happen? Also, I only just signed a top 100 recruit, by the way. <laughs> they did. They signed a top 100 football. Not a tight end. Um, so <laughs> they didn't get look far, no. So what's more likely to happen in a situation, let's say Illinois, what's more likely to happen is we will do a um, we'll do a two-for-one, but it'll be a home uh, a Georgia at home, um, and then a game somewhere like Chicago, Indianapolis, or Jedi World. Um, or we would do two at home and, and one at an, uh, uh, a neutral stadium. Site. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like, what, what is a logical thing to do? Like, if you're not doing like a Michigan, like a Michigan, you do at home and I'm like, you yeah, of course, that. yeah. But like, what is a like maybe something that would be interesting for the fans here in Athens. Well, the logical thing, that, logical thing to Boston do is, is pay Western Carolina $750,000 to come here. I mean, that's just what you have to do. But that's not but what's, the fans. What's, what's a, like clearly we saw last year with Notre Dame and with obviously the Rose Bowl, Georgia fans are willing to travel to cool destinations. So what is a place, honestly, not for nothing, but like what if it's, Someone at Soldier Field in Chicago. Yeah, I would, would go to that. Yeah, um, or the, the interesting thing is we had uh, we had a home home with Ohio State on the books right. for a long time, and we, we got it. We they got out of it. Um, the but you know, in the same with Oregon, Oregon State. I don't remember what, what would be wrong with Duke? You know, because it's a it's an easy trip to there's Durham. No, there's no there's there's no upside. I don't know. I mean, Why? Alabama played up there about three years ago. No. Yes. They didn't do a home and home. I with watched Duke. the game. Oh, at they played Duke. at Wallace Wade Stadium. Wow. That's Hold on. We're going to chat. It was, it was uh, Nick Saban Call and me. I think, uh, you know, it was maybe uh, who? Brody Crawl, Not Brody Crawl, The other A.J. McCarron might have been quarterback. Mark Ingram was playing in it, I think. Like, to me, like, the thing you want to avoid is what LSU did. Were they, like, why the point of LSU playing at Syracuse was. Like, to they destroy did, their like, campus. Yeah, that's true. It was very amazing. <laughs> But like, there's no reason for it. There's no upside. All that is is bad. Well, what you what you don't want is like Oklahoma State playing down at Southern Alabama or Alabama Southern or whatever it is. USA. Maybe you play Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl or something like that might be fun. Or maybe you play Texas, like something like that. It's an interesting topic. I think that you know, but but I think they're out of the way for those like. Jerry World games now because they have the Mercedes Benz game. Or or play at a play at a racetrack like Virginia Tech and Tennessee. (laughs) Tennessee, yeah. Play up and play up at Bristol. I would I think go they that. Would, they want to do that. I would definitely go that. I'm not trying to figure you out. That game was seven years ago. Well, okay. It was a it was oh six and ten. The landscape's very different than it was even then. But because you, you're acting like it never happened. No, no, no. I'm well. I mean, okay. I mean, we played Sewanee in in Central Tennessee. That was a hundred years ago, right? But but it just will be a hundred years ago. I'm because probably very closer to Team Duvall on this one. I think, think that, like so? six years. I don't think I don't think they would do that now. But six years. I mean, I agree that it's different. But that's actually fairly recent. Like that's yeah. yeah but TV money is a whole different world. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm talking about just just no, top it, level. Top if we level. Talk about that. I, I think I don't think we should ever play. I mean, I don't look, think we should at, ever play 
UMass. I don't think we should ever play college. We are playing UMass this year. I know. That's my point. I think we should. But you should never play at UMass. No, but I would rather do a home-and-home versus Duke then play Middle Tennessee, Austin P, and UMass at home and just be like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can buy that. I can buy that. But yeah. we, you say that as a fan. Sure. But like as a Georgia administration person. I don't care what they think. They oh. get enough They get enough of my money. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, I know. but what they're worried about is making sure they're trying to make sure they, they if they win the SEC championship game, they go to a bowl. Yeah, they're, they're, they go to the final four. I mean, their idea is getting 12 wins. Yeah. And so, I mean, I get that. And, and so a game at Duke gives them no upside. Because a a loss is nothing but bad, right. and you're not getting like a huge amount. The of, only way that could happen, and Duke is like a huge draw here. And look, I'm not I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying logistically, the only way that could happen is to do Florida home and home, and then Jacksonville, Jacksonville. I've been on like a four in those in that one year that you could have that extra game. That's when you could play that away game. That's for the me, only way it could happen. For me, the fun thing is having a team. Having the game that that's the awkward word, fun. Yeah, yeah. this general well, the fun thing is doing like what the games are usually at Jerry World, but doing them on campuses. Like have a home and home with Florida State. I agree. have a home and home with UCLA. I agree. Have a home and home with Michigan. Like that's the fun thing. I mean, but I think the incentive for teams to do that is diminishing. But here's the hard part: scheduling happens so far out. That I mean, no, the, fun, I the fun game part is the hard part. Think about think about last year, Georgia Notre Dame. 2019 game, it it catapulted Georgia up to the forefront of the conversation. Frankly, it was the only thing between Notre Dame and Mayhem in the college football playoff. Imagine that game had happened in, in 16. It would have been a yeah. – I mean, we still would have traveled in, based on the way they were playing early in the season. I don't think it's – uh, I don't think I'm being provocative to say we probably have lost that game. It's also worth noting that people went to the Notre Dame game not because we're seeing a historic Georgia team. No. But my point is, is that at the beginning of 16, Notre Dame was a better team than Georgia and playing better. And we'd have probably lost that game. Yeah. But it, it, it certainly wouldn't have, but it have entered into the lore of the college football history the way it had this year, right? And we'd be like, eh, it was a fun game. Yeah. So, well, I want to thank, thank uh, I've already forgotten his name, the guy from Valdosta. Yeah, Philip. Philip from Valdosta for submitting that because that was a very interesting discussion. I'm sure we'll touch on it again. If y'all have any opinions on it, definitely tweet at Tony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Philip is in box. Just bypass the waiting since last Saturday inbox. Just tweet at Tony. Just so, at T O N Y. Yeah, he's got that one too. Okay, real quick Adam Rittenberg on ESPN.com wrote a very, or spent some time to do this. Uh, Field of 64 for 2018. This is not looking back. This is looking forward. And so uh, he basically said all four number one seeds are based on the 2018 preseason FPI. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Okay. Um, So I'm not going to go into the East region. Clemson wins that. Um, South region, Alabama's in that. Georgia is in the Southeast region. And the regional semifinals, it's just picking up there. Okay. Um, Georgia, number one seed versus number four seed, USC. Georgia wins. Oh my God. Georgia wins thirty-one to twenty-four. He says the Bulldogs get boosts from both of their young quarterbacks, Jake Fromm and Justin Fields, to rally past USC. Oh, wow, they have two quarterbacks this year. Do we have two quarterbacks? Linebacker Cameron Smith sparks an improved USC defense, but Georgia's D will be nationally elite by this point and bottles up Stephen Carr down the stretch and forces a late interception to win thirty-one to twenty-four. I mean, that's not overtime in the Rose Bowl, but so that puts them in the regional final. Because Notre, two quarterback bummers. <laughs> Notre Dame in, the, in their regional semifinal had beaten NC State 
And so Georgia versus Notre Dame in the regional final. So Georgia's the one seed. Georgia's so the one seed. Notre Dame's the two seed. And it says, if you enjoyed last year's game in South Bend, get ready for a similar one in the Elite Eight. Both defenses shine before a bipartisan crowd. Ain't no bipartisan Ain't no crowd. crowd. Notre Dame and Georgia. Be very gotta, clear. Unless take. that game's in like a church. No, it, yeah. it wasn't a bipartisan crowd yeah. at Notre Dame. He put that so it's probably not a bipartisan crowd at Georgia. He says no dog takeover at this time. Whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Go but, with that. But Fields leads a late touchdown drive, finding Terry Godwin, who breaks Notre Dame's hearts again with a spectacular catch in the end zone. Georgia wins 23-17. Well, that's a preemptive quarterback owner. Yeah. So, and, and then I'm not being like fanfic. This is like <laughs> cosplay. <laughs> and, then, and then this is, he explains how Georgia got here. Just, just the scores, or actually not even the scores. The first round, Georgia beat Washington State. Georgia was, Washington State was a 16 seed. Well, I, here's the thing about football. I and then in the second nice. round, second round, Georgia beat number nine seed Utah to get to where okay. they were. So, oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, ESPN's having a fit about how easy Georgia's walk into the, yeah. So then Georgia's to the national semifinals, the final four. Right. And the team they play is Auburn. Okay. He says here, the Deep South's oldest rivalry shifts from the SEC championship game in 2017 to the national semifinal stage. Georgia, which edged Auburn between the hedges several weeks earlier, wins the line of scrimmage and pressures Stidham into several errant throws. Freshman running back Zamir White has two touchdowns as the dogs move on. It's also worth remembering that with all the games he hasn't played, everybody is dead. <laughs> like everybody has died. So at this point, you're 18. Yeah. So to sum up, it's Georgia versus Clemson for the national championship oh of one versus a one. And here's what he says. Oh, this isn't good. It's more heartbreak for Georgia in familiar fashion. The Bulldogs jump ahead by 10 before Clemson's defensive line tightens up to shut down Swift, White, and the other running game. After an ineffective first half, Dabo Swinney benches Bryant in favor of true freshman Trevor Lawrence, a native of Cartersville, Georgia, who leads Clemson on the decisive touchdown drive. Clemson no, wins 28-27. Thank you for introducing <laughs> us to this exercise. <laughs> no, but here's the thing about it. It's like, let's, let's get back to a movie analogy. What's this like? This is like, this is like a cheap-ass knockoff of <laughs> yeah. last year. It's, no, it, it's it's basically like... When I think he's trolling Georgia fans. It's like that. one of those direct-to-video, direct like... like Robot formers. <laughs> like, like, it was the GoBots to yeah, the transformers. Exactly, I mean, exactly, we, we didn't yeah. play with GoBots and yeah. like immediately exactly. disappointed when you were eight. It's like frontiersmen of the galaxy. So let's, let's be clear. That could happen. All that could happen. <laughs> but yeah. I give them a lot of credit for putting in the effort because I certainly wouldn't put it in. Well, you got to do something this February. I know, yeah. I know. That was good. That was entertaining. I enjoyed like reading down. You can you can go to it. I'll actually link it in the show notes page. Uh, so everybody can click yeah, on it. Yeah, ESPN's hurting for hits. I, for I'm, doing it, I'm doing it for Yeah, forgive me. I like Adam Redberg. No, Alex I, I, I will say, I feel obliged as an Illinois fan to note that Adam Redberg did report that Lovey Smith was unhappy with the Illinois job in his first year was going to leave because he was so unhappy with his job. Now, Illinois is bringing out those hot hydro courts. Yeah. And they just got the Virginia Tech transfer to be the quarterback. Did, did Adam go to Northwestern? We, you're never going to believe it, but yes, of Go course he did. Will's just happy that I read the byline. Yes. Well, yes. You should read byline. They write the, we, we write the songs that right. the whole world sings, Scott. Okay, so Will, I have a – I'm a sure you're very opinionated on this. 
Um, this was Do I released. Have an opinion on this, or just what? You can. Okay. You can. Um, this was a press release. It was a press release today about minor league mm-hmm. baseball announces pace of play regulations in 2018. So here's here's the highlight. I've heard you and talk about this already. In, in minor league baseball, in all Triple A, Single A, whatever, in extra innings. At all levels of minor league baseball, extra innings will begin with a runner on second base. The runner at second base will be the player in the batting order position, previous to the leadoff batter of the inning, blah, 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 blah. Here's the part that gets me. For purposes of calculating earned runs under Rule 19.6, the runner who begins an inning on second base pursuant to this rule shall be deemed to be a runner who has reached second base because of a fielding error, (laughs) but no error shall be charged to the opposing team or to any player. Story. Yes. Here's what I love about baseball: is they have to have something to deal with the scoring. Yeah, of course, it's a total like nerd thing. So it Will, is you're amazing. right. I don't know what to think about this. You're I exactly need to go. that is a very like that's an underrated aspect of this. That we are so nerdy about our scoring. Nobody other sport would ever care about, about the, how this about plays. A, a, a fellow letter winner in scorekeeping. Yeah, yeah it's about, but that was honestly was one of the first things I thought. I remember this like, wait, that's going to ruin his run. So after. this was not news to you. You heard about uh, the one, I, I, the, there had been rumors. No one thought they would enact it this quickly for so this So what do you year. think about that? Because I don't even know what to think. On one hand, okay, I'm gonna, first off, I'm going to start with the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt is, generally speaking, the minor leagues are exactly that. They are training. The whole idea of the minor leagues is the last thing any minor league coach or manager or player or the major league team that owns that minor league team wants is an entire pitching rotation, a an entire bullpen, a seventh, that would screw up everybody, put them all out of the comfort zone, and totally mess it up. So the idea of doing this for the minor leagues and capping games, which honestly, I, I love going to Gwinnett. I was going to say Gwinnett Braves and not the Gwinnett Stripers, but um, uh, which, whatever. Uh, but I love going to Gwinnett Braves games. I love minor league games. I always encourage everyone to go. They're really fun. By the ninth inning, that place is, people, unless it's fireworks night, everybody's gone. So the idea of let's play four more. Yeah, yeah, the idea of playing thirteen innings in minor league. There's not a lot of romance to the idea. So I get it in that regard. The problem, of course, is there's a commissionership that's talk that's very obsessed with the idea of pace of play. And I think it's important to note there's a huge, huge, massive difference. And for some reason, these things things keep getting switched together or pushed together between pace of play. In time of game. Yeah. Those are two very, very different things. Pace of, this is a time of game issue. Because Maybe, pace of play in minor leagues is, is fine. Yeah, pace of play is great. There's, there's a clock and nobody cares. Like, it's not, but, so that's what freaks people out. What freaks people out is not that this is happening. It's that if it works and people are okay with it, it's going to come to the major leagues. And if it comes to the major leagues, it's, I, it's difficult to overstate like, think of all the things that people have changed in baseball, whether it's the wild card, whether it's the distance a hitter. There's never been anything that says, you know what, we're going to try to end the game in an artificial fashion to get this over with quicker. And I, I, I find it impossible. Just get the home team four outs. Be done with it. It's, I mean, that's, where, that, that's the problem with this. It's not... Slippery slope. On the whole, a minor league, whatever. Nobody actually cares. It's probably actually good for the players anyway. But, and if it, if it had been someone, if they'd announced them saying, just to be clear, 
this will never happen in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. If they didn't announce that, I don't think anyone would have a big problem with it. But the fact that they didn't do that and the fact there's been so much of this push, that's what I think has people a little freaked out. I don't actually – I think the backlash would be too powerful. The wild card thing freaked people out. But that was just like, okay, an extra team makes the playoffs. This is actually changing something fundamental about a game. I can't imagine it ever happening, but that's what people freak out. I was, I was uh, kind of like it, uh, especially if I were going to a minor league game, because the way I look at it, at that is very similar to college football overtime. You get on the twenty-five; it's kind of like, okay, here comes overtime. It could end quickly, or it could not. It still could go thirteen innings. But the fact that you got that guy on second, you got the meat of your order coming up. You know, maybe maybe you try a steal third it's, because it's you also, got nothing to lose. But it's also worth noting that if they actually, actually you know, what would happen, of course. The idea that make this game more exciting is if you want to put this in the major leagues, you put a runner on second, you know what's going to happen. They're going to bun the third, yeah. and then they're going to walk the next guy to start the double play. <laughs> right. And it's like, wow, this is really exciting. <laughs> and that's what exactly because because people want to like, we well, it's a strategic game. You put them on third, and that way a sack fly wins it. But Which is why you have to walk the guy to try to get a double play. But if you're going to do if you're going to do it that way, the next. I mean, if you're going to go to slip slip market, the next thing is, well, if it's tied in the top of the ninth, let's just do it there. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. The, the problem is, is not pace of play. The problem is the length of the games. Yeah. And the length of the games directly related to the number of commercials and how long the commercials exactly. are. Exactly. The length now, of the game, I don't think, is an actual problem. Pace of play is the problem they're trying to solve. Right. And they're trying to do it through stuff like this, which has absolutely nothing to do with pace of play. Right. And I'm not going to get Will in trouble because he works for Major League Baseball, but the I'm, I am deputized to speak freely about this. Well, the, the problem is, is that the number of commercials in every Major League Baseball game is increased by about six per game. Well, six times 30 is what? Uh, A lot. Three minutes. Uh, and, and then you do transitions. Uh, you do that over the course of – you do that over the course of a game – now you're talking about 10, 12, 15 minutes. Well, maybe maybe what, what you do is you take a commercial break at the bottom of the inning, not yeah. in not. In I just I don't think anyone would really care about this if they would have just said, don't worry. Right. It's right. not that, happening in but, the majors. And, and, and the, the reason, fact that they didn't say that, and I don't think they're actually going to do it, but the fact that they even so? left the door open to the idea of it, that's because all it's going to take is like it to be successful early, and then some people get behind it. Major yeah, league games. It. I mean, minor league games go to two hours and forty eight minutes. Yeah, it's like, happening. yeah, and it's it's that that's that's I mean, really they, I, scary. And realistically, the other part is that every playoff game goes past midnight now. Are they doing this in uh, uh, Cactus League and Grapefruit League? The, a lot of times they'll just say at the end of the night, they'll just say yeah. games over four fours a time. Okay. Like, nobody, and nobody cares. It's like Bud Sealing yeah. is out there calling the same, all the time. Well, I mean, like, but nobody cares because it's a minor league game. Sure. Nobody, nobody cares. But that's the problem is like a, a grapefruit game and a minor league game, nobody actually cares who wins. They care a little bit more in a minor league game, but not really. I mean, the fact is, like, the, the Cardinals minor league team in Memphis last year had an incredible Incredible season. The Redbirds. The Memphis Redbirds had an incredible season and played in the championship of the of AAA. And literally the day before the championship game, the Cardinals called up like half their roster because nobody cares. Yeah. Like nobody actually cares. And what's more important is making the playoffs. So yeah. But like major league, like people, everything cares and everything counts. I still, maybe I'm naive, I still can't actually imagine them doing this during the major leagues. It's just it be it would be a step too far in a way 
the analogous thing to this is the issue a lot of people have with NASCAR. NASCAR had made like a little bit of a change here, a little bit of a change here, a little bit of a change here to like make it better for fans. And now it sucks. And, or at least it's not the original thing that people got into it in the first place. That's the nightmare scenario. But I can't imagine they're actually going to do that. Well, we hit a loss. I think pace of play could be an issue for our podcast because we're at a, yeah, we're an hour gonna, and forty-five. You're going to edit it. Probably. I am. I'm going to do it like right now. Yeah. No problem. When we when we finish, I'm yeah, you're, you're, you're taking oxytocin. <laughs> I don't uh, even know what oxytocin is. Stuff the drug I just made up. Dosi 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 dosi. Okay. Uh, well, good job, guys. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back moving. And um, should we do one of these maybe after the draft? That'd be a good time to do. Um, to do it. When is that? That's like April. It's like a month. No, that's in May. It's, no, it's like it. We need to do one before G Day. Yeah, I think we need to do one right before G Day. When is G Day? The 21st. Okay. Uh, it should works out. My conference, my major conference is the week after J Day this year, which means I will be in town the entire week of G Day. Uh, April 26th is the NFL draft. So we'll do one okay. for So, yeah, if we do one sometime uh, like the 18th. 16th, 17th. Oh, we can't do it the 16th. That's cool. That's my wife's birthday. Uh, although, if you want to do one on the fifteenth, though, you got to go to the the. Um, we will figure it out. Oh, that's a Sunday. Yeah, we would yeah. do it on Sunday. Yeah, but let's maybe we'll do on the week of the uh, the ninth. Yeah, that'd be the time to do it. All right. Yeah. Before yeah. doing Masters. Postmasters. Yeah, we talked yeah. about how Tiger won the Masters. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'll be pulling for him. I, I, I will be pulling for him too. Yeah. I mean, I watched the the Valspar. I'm pulling, I'm pulling for Brian Harmon. Let's be clear. Well, I, I watched the Valspar <laughs> last week only because Tiger was right there. Yeah, like, I one stroke back. Played a great first round. time I'd watched the golf played tournament. A, played a great four round actually. He did. So, probably the first time you watched it since Tiger Woods was last. Yeah, year. exactly. Because <laughs> golf's more interesting when he's relevant. There's no question. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, good show. Hopefully, by the time we talk next, George will have a basketball coach. Maybe. <laughs> so maybe. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Get in touch with us on Twitter. Our handle is at WSLS Podcast. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes and follow us on social media. Whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, it's all the same at WSLS Podcast. We'll be back in April with a new show. One a month seems about right for our offseason, but if you have any questions or topics in the interim, and you'd like for us to address them, feel free to send them in and we'll make sure to get it on the next show or touch on it in social media world, whatever works out. Good luck to Coach Taylor and the Lady Dogs in the NCAA Women's Tournament and doubly good luck to you on getting your brackets correct for the men's tournament. Looking for a bracket to enter? Well, check Will on Twitter at William F. Leach and enter his. If you win, he'll write an article of your choice. <laughs> so have a great weekend. We'll see you on campus very soon. Go dogs forever and always in every sport they compete in. And we'll be back in April. Take care. We'll see you later.